Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, providing primary and advanced specialty care throughout all of central Pennsylvania and beyond. A list of providers in the area can be found at upmc.com slash findadoc. Welcome to The Spark. Today, The Spark travels to the Dauphin County Technical School. I'm Scott Lamar. Over the next hour, my co-host Anaya Falcon and I will be talking to employers, tech educators and administrators, and students about the careers that are in demand in the tech fields with an emphasis on some young people pursuing careers many would not picture them seeking. Today's The Spark Travels broadcast is supported by TechLink, Harrisburg University of Science and Technology, and Pennsylvania Partnerships for Children. Right now, jobs are plentiful, and in fact, many employers can't find enough workers. The COVID-19 pandemic has contributed a great deal to the changing dynamics of work. However, even before anyone knew what a coronavirus was, many employers couldn't recruit workers with the skills needed to perform the jobs and fill the positions their businesses needed. One of the reasons there weren't enough skilled workers is that they hadn't been trained or educated to get those skills. Technical schools are training students to step into those careers and fill those positions. We're going to start our conversation today by talking with employers. Joining us, Marissa Bankard is the executive director of the Central Pennsylvania Chapter of the Independent Electrical Contractors. Thank you, Marissa, for being with us. Also joining us is Claudia Rivera-Burgos, People and Culture Coordinator with the GEM Group LLC, which is a construction company. I want to thank both of you for being with us today. So I'm going to start with the basic question. And Marissa Bankert, let me ask you first. Do you need skilled workers? We do need skilled workers. So in the electrical industry, it's growing at probably about 6 to 9% per year. So that tells you we constantly need them. And here in the state of Pennsylvania, the most registered apprentices are electricians. And Claudia, I'll turn to you. Construction industry, do you need skilled workers? Absolutely. In what way? Tell me about it. In the way that constantly we receive new projects, new opportunities. I mean, construction is not going anywhere. It's not decreasing any time. And every time, at least from recruiting standpoint, um, every time that I think I can close an opening, they still say, no, we need more. So mm. that's an example of, you know, that we can still um, need more skilled workers. One of the key words is skilled, because as I mentioned in the introduction, there are a lot of jobs out there. Employers are having a great deal of uh, trouble finding workers. What's the difference, what kind of skills does someone need in the construction industry? I would say in construction, definitely you have to be self-started, which means be okay having questions or asking questions. Don't wait, you know, around. Um, um, have um, hands-on, right, skills. Um, being able to work with material like raw material, wood, steel. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what we're looking for when in a very entry level. There are more women who are getting involved in construction, correct? Yes, absolutely, yes. Yes, we are being in business for almost 20 years. Actually, this year we're celebrating 20 years. And every year we see more women entering in this industry, mm. which is amazing. So Marissa Bankert, let's talk about uh, electricians. Maybe before I do that, 
uh, the people that you represent, the employers that you represent, it's not just electricians. Tell us what kind of careers the people working in your industry, what they're doing. Yeah, so the electrical industry is really vast. So yes, it's true that we need field electricians. We're always going to need them. But we also need people like estimators, project managers, sales, any of those things that are foundational through our apprenticeship program that then can be transferred into some of those other careers are really great opportunities. And going back to your point about the skills needed, so we know that we need at least an algebra two and geometry base in order to even start in our program and really understand that. We also understand that we need people to really be problem solvers, I think as Claudia alluded to. And so you have to like math, you have to be a problem solver, and you have to like with, to work with your hands. And that's really what you need. I'm sure we all have heard students say, why would I ever need algebra? Why would I ever need geometry? What do, how am I going to use this? How does an electrician use algebra and geometry. So it's really about problem solving. So when you think about algebra as a concept, what it is is that you're taking unknown variables or known variables and plugging them into an equation and then using them to solve a problem. And that's exactly what an electrician does every single day. Going back to measurements, measure twice, cut once <laughs> is like a very true saying because we're talking about raw materials and things that cost money and those types of things. So we really encourage people who are entering into our program to have excellent skills in measurement, fractions, understanding all of those kind of um, things that go along with things that happen every day on a job site. Why do you think there's a shortage of skilled workers? I think because people don't value construction careers in the same way that they value other careers throughout our society. So I think oftentimes what happens is that people look at a career like a lawyer or a doctor or something like that and they think, they're real contributors to society. They really make a difference. What they don't realize is that every time they want to plug in their smartphone or go to buy a sandwich or go shopping, all of those things are done by the people who are actually building America one day at a time in the construction industry. You see, something you just said, when you're talking about careers that people think of as very successful, they always say doctor, lawyer, something like that. Maybe they should say construction worker because, again, we're talking about careers where people can make real good money, make a real good living, right? Absolutely. So for us, you know, we, when you're a part of our apprenticeship program, you have $0 in student debt, and then you come out four years later and you're making about $60,000 per year. That's the average here in Pennsylvania. So when you think about not having to pay for that, and then you think about starting, you know, at that amount of salary in 2023, that's pretty great. And then as you move through, let's say you want to change into a different position, as we discussed earlier, as far as an estimator or a project manager or a sales, those extend above that 60000 go into six figures very easily here in the state. And so it's really about understanding that all of those things have real value and you can make great money with them. Claudia, following up on uh, something that uh, Marissa said, uh, our society seems to have this thing that uh, to be successful, you have to go to a four-year college. You have to get a bachelor's degree. Now, that may be the path to success for a lot of people. It has been mm -hmm. for a lot of people. But with so much emphasis on that, sometimes if you say, if a, if a young person says, I'd really like to be an electrician or I'd like to get in, into construction or I'd like to work on cars, that it's like, no, 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 you can't do that. 
that people look down on that. They don't have the respect for that. Do you find that to be true? I mean, is that actually one of the factors that's keeping maybe some young people from pursuing those careers? I would have to agree to some degree. Um, definitely because of the, when you're growing up, like your environment, your family, people around you in the school, um, if you're not encouraged, and if you don't know that there's a really good opportunities out there in construction, definitely you don't seek those opportunities, like because of the same reasons I just said, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, I would say conversations like this definitely ignite, you know, the spark and curiosity um, for other generations and other students that may be in the fence um, that can secure that and say, hey, this is actually going to be a very successful career. Well, we're here to spark conversation, hence the name of the program. <laughs> uh, so, Marissa Baggett, let me ask you this question, and then I'll turn to you as well, Claudia, but uh, what's being done to recruit skilled workers? So, I mean, we have a pre-apprenticeship program, something that we partner with, you know, Dauphin County Tech and uh, Cumberland Perry and the other, you know, schools throughout the Commonwealth to show that that's a real avenue. So similar to Harrisburg University's dual enrollment, that's what we really view that as, as starting in your 12th grade year, the opportunity to kind of get in there and say, hmm, is this a career path that I'm interested in doing? I think that there's also been a very concerted effort on the part of employers to go into middle schools, high schools, to really say, think about this as as an opportunity for you and here's what exists. Um, I don't think that there's been enough done probably at the parental level, going back to what Claudia was saying in regards to, we really think that this is a viable career path for your child and let us help with that. Mm -hmm. Claudia, and I'm gonna kind of follow up on something that uh, Marissa said. How involved are employers in recruiting? I mean, this is not just an education, education system thing. This is something that employers have been involved with as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen throughout the years that we have entered in as early as possible in the schools because that way we keep, again, that initiative, that interest in the industry because, again, if they're not receiving that through their environment, maybe they can see it um, through us as an employer. So we definitely have to be creative, like going to high school, allowing internship opportunities so that way they can see, go there for a couple months, see if it's something um, that they're interested in or not, um, going to schools um, and showing them, you know, um, opportunities, I would say, kind of like playing with them and like that. So that way they can see um, is this something that they're looking for. I want to thank both of you for being on the thank program you. today. Marissa Bankert is the executive director of the Central Pennsylvania Chapter of the Independent Electrical Contractors, and Claudia Rivera Burgos is People and Culture Coordinator with the GEM Group LLC. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. My pleasure. My co-host, Scott Lamar, just discussed the demand in various fields from, for workers and what employers are looking for. To add to a piece of that puzzle, I will be discussing what Dolphin County Technical School is doing to prepare students for the workforce and encourage them to work in non-traditional fields. Joining me for this conversation is Dr. Karen Flug, Administrative Director for the Dolphin County Technical School, and Carrie Ann Amon, Executive Director for the Pennsylvania Workforce Development Association. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you. So Dr. Karen, talk to me a little bit about the Dolphin County Technical School and what areas of study that you offer your students. Currently we have 24 programs of study and they cover just about everything, culinary arts, healthcare fields, uh, numerous construction related fields, as well as uh, information technology. 
So Dr. Karen. And transportation, sorry, I can't leave that one out, sorry. Yes, we can't. <laughs> so why is there a need for this particular school? Well, we provide the students with the, the, the solid foundation they need after high school when, they're, when they transition from high school, um, whether they're going to work or to post-secondary, that we give them that, that step up that a lot of people don't recognize, that they're prepared to go to work as well as prepared to enter college if they need to go in that direction. So we, we you know, starting in ninth grade through 12th grade, and they're in a, a four-year program of study to develop some very much needed uh, workforce skills. So what makes Dolphin County Technical School unique? The fact that our students do come for ninth through 12th grade and we offer our academics in conjunction with our career technical uh, skill programs, which a lot, of, uh, a lot of schools aren't familiar with that kind of a format. And so it makes it very unique in that regard. We offer um, a gamut of activities for students to also participate in uh, for what we call career technical student, student organizations. And those allow students to also not to take the skills that they're already learning along with their academics in their programs um, into competitions and other, wells, other ways. It helps them develop those skills. And we have programs called Skills USA and FBLA, um, HOSA, and uh, a variety of others. You talked about how you offer uh, different sort of programs that help students to be ready for real-world experiences. So how do teachers help with that in particular? Our, our career technical education teachers are coming to us when they become employees here or teachers in, in the school here. They come from industry, so they already have that skill. Um, from they have to have at least four years of industry experience before they're allowed to uh, teach a career technical education program. That's across the state of Pennsylvania. So their skill is then transferred to the students. So I'm curious to know what is the schedule like for the students? Um, you know, how much time do they get to sort of hone their skills and talents? We have a great schedule. <laughs> Um, so we have, we have what we call an A day, B day schedule. So one day they spend in their academic classes. The, the next day they spend all day in their career technical program. So they'll be in their career technical program for five hours, five and a half hours um, every other day. And that allows them to really focus and hone down on those skills instead of having to transition classes uh, very frequently throughout the day. Um, and because they're here all day, there's no transition going back and forth from their uh, what we call ascending school school to the career technical center uh, so they and then they're here all day and they spend five and a half hours within their program and it just gives them that opportunity to really do more in-depth projects without having to uh, worry about packing up and you know returning to another school well it sounds like there are so many benefits to having that schedule but are there any challenges that uh, students face with having that unique school schedule and experience? There's always challenges, um, you know, with, with that. One of the requirements with a uh, four-year program like ours is that students have to be in their career technical program at least 330 hours a school year. And so, you know, with absences and testing and other things like that, that we always have to overcome, um, those types of things, you know, pose a challenge. But overall, we, we, um, our current schedule allows for some of those um, hours to be made up. Carrie, how are you involved with the Dolphin County Technical School, and how are you helping to make sure that students have the opportunities to um, go into the workforce right after graduation? 
Uh, thanks for that question. The Pennsylvania Workforce Development Association has members across the state, and our members help students and job seekers find work and help employers find skilled talent. So we partner closely with the career technical centers across the Commonwealth to make sure that students have the opportunities to engage with employers, but then also that employers can engage with the career and technical educators and administrators to really demonstrate to the students what skills and competencies they need and are in demand today. So what are some of those skills and competencies that are in demand today? Yeah, I mean, we hear a lot of employers say, just give me a body that can show up on time and the technical skills needed to do the job. And so we think that CTE students are prime examples to have entry into a career, but we also know that employers sometimes need to engage with their education systems and their workforce systems to better communicate not just what the skills are needed, but how the students can demonstrate that. So Dr. Karen, how many of your students actually end up going into the fields that uh, they're studying here at your school? I don't currently have that data, but I can tell you their senior year is what we call a capstone, and we hope that uh, students go to work during their senior year through our what we call our co-op program, and currently we have approximately 200 uh, seniors, and we have somewhere uh, right around 75 students already out to work that have been wow. working on the job um, all school year. So Carrie, with the different technological advances uh, that are coming about, like artificial intelligence. Is there any fear for you know, the different areas of study that are here at Dolphin County Technical School and for uh, those jobs to be available to these students? I think what, what ro robots and technology cannot replace is problem solving, the ability to critically think. And so technical skills and the, the, applying that in the real world is important and it matters. What it does mean is that students of any age, whether you're 15, 16, 17, or 35, or 55, you will have to really increase your digital skill sets. I'd like to say that um, my generation of workers are on top of that, but the younger they get, the more you're, you're primed for that. So I think technology skills matter, digital skills matter, and understanding what that digital literacy looks like is really important. Dr. Karen, can you talk to me a little bit about your alumni network and um, how students can kind of take advantage of that when kind of going into the workforce? We currently um, are developing our uh, alumni um, program. There was one apparently a few years ago, but it hasn't been active since COVID, so we are working on uh, creating that now. And is the goal uh, to obviously send kids to college um, and if so, uh, what's the percentage of the kids that go to college or just go right into um, you know, the workforce? The mo majority of our students go right into the workforce. Okay. Um, there is a few that go straight to college, but the, most of them, when they come here, they're, they're thinking of going to work. When they get out of high school, where are they going to go to work? And that's why they come here is for that training. So Carrie, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the real world experience that kids have when they go out into the workforce and they're picking these non-traditional fields of study. So what are some of the obstacles that students may face? 
We've heard for the longest time that uh, manufacturing careers and construction careers and other careers have the opportunity, no matter what gender you are, to enter. And we are seeing more women enter non-traditional careers, more men enter um, non-traditional um, fields as well. And I think the barriers that most people face can be resolved with mentorship opportunities. So you highlighted an alumni network. What does that experience look like in the real world? And we think employers are really starting to address the culture of their workplaces to better understand that we need to be divert, we need to be acceptable and of uh, diversity and inclusion, and that students um, coming that are 18 need to interact with workers of any age and so we find that employers are really examining their work sites um, in addition to just really examining their entries of like the hiring processes can they remove barriers that don't matter and so oftentimes if a bachelor's degree isn't necessary to do the job then you shouldn't see that reflected on the resume and you shouldn't see that reflected on the job description and we do see employers starting to really navigate what that looks like and they do that with the support of engaging with your career technical administrators engaging with your local workforce organizations to really understand how do we break down the barriers that might exist that we don't know we don't know that we have Dr. Karen, in just 30 seconds, can you talk to me a little bit about your hopes for the students here at Dolphin County Technical School and uh, in connection to what Carrie just mentioned? Our hopes are always that our students, when they graduate, do feel comfortable with the skill that they had learned over the four-year period and that they become employed. Well, thank you, Dr. Karen uh, Flug, Administrative Director for the Dolphin County Technical School, and Carrie Ann Amon, Executive Director for the Pennsylvania Workforce Development Association, for joining me for this conversation today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and all things local. I'm Anaya Falcon. Today as the Spark travels to the Dauphin County Technical School, I'm Scott Lamar. Schools like Dauphin County Technical School and others in our audience today, which I will mention in just a moment, offer dozens of programs for their students. Some of these programs don't, didn't even exist a few years ago, but it's what the workforce demands. So who is teaching this generation of skilled workers? We're joined by three of them today. Ryan Liddick is an electrical construction and maintenance instructor with Dolphin County Technical School. Brenda Scheidler is a medical assistant instructor with Dolphin County Technical School. And Kelly Wilson is a welding instructor with York County Technical School. Apparently, Kelly Wilson, you brought your own cheering section. But I should Thanks. mention. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that wasn't set up, was it? No. I, I should mention that we are joined today in our audience by several technical schools throughout the region, Adams County Technical Institute, Carlisle Center for Careers and Technology, Cumberland Perry Career and Technology Center, Lebanon County Career and Technology Center, York County School of Technology, and of course, here at the Dauphin County Technical School. Now, the, the, the first question I'm going to ask, Kelly Wilson, you're a welding instructor. Most people, probably when they think of welding, they think of a big burly man wearing a mask with the sparks flying over the, all over the place. How did you become a welding instructor? Um, that was a generational thing, actually. It was a big joke in my family that um, 
somebody passed down being a welder, and I'm fourth generation at this point. My sister became a nurse, so I didn't really have a choice. I asked that question, but is it unusual for a woman to be a, a, a welder, to know how to weld, or is it becoming something that's more, uh, more popular today? Um, I will say when I started, uh, it was it was very limited. There was companies that I went into that they never, there hadn't been a woman on the floor for years, and I was the first one. So I kind of, you know, it was like a little fishbowl, you know, it was look, looked at as being a little fishbowl. And, um, but I mean, now at this point, it's definitely becoming more prevalent in not just the classroom, but in the shop areas. Actually, one of my girls are down in the audience right now. Um, but we do have a significant increase lately. Um, I've been teaching now for 10 years, so and I have seen a significant increase in the enrollment of girls. I'm going to ask all three of you, but Kelly, since we're, we're, we're talking right now, uh, who are your students? Do you want me to start? Yeah, Kelly, oh. we'll start with you. Um, my students, just in general, like who do we attract? Honestly, um, there's a whole wide range of kids that we attract. I mean, I, I graduated from the school too, and what attracted me was I didn't fit into traditional high school. I just, I wanted to be hands-on. I wanted to see what else was out there. I wanted to explore. I wanted to, I didn't want to have to pay for college because quite frankly, I couldn't afford it and neither could my family. So, I mean, we get the misfit kids. We get the the college, you know, the kids that are going to go to college. The kids are going to, they're going to be the engineers, the kids that are, you know, honors everything. We get all types of kids. Mm. Ryan, let go ask the same question of, of you. Who are your students? Who are the students that you attract that uh, want to work in electrical construction and maintenance? I think a lot of them would be uh, problem solving skills. Um, so a lot of them would be math, but because uh, you do need quite a bit of math that, that's involved with the electrical industry. Um, our program is pretty diverse, has a lot of different types of students in them from all over Dolphin County, which is really unique in our, in our situation. Um, I have quite a few uh, non-traditional students that are in my program. Um, I was just having a conversation with some of my students this morning as to how do I actually attract so many into the stu into the into my classroom, and it's pretty interesting. I think some of it's because uh, um, I think I try to make sure that the young men that are in the program try to teach, be respectful of them in the program. Um, maybe it's because I'm a little bit more fatherly type of a person. Um, so I think that's a lot of it. But it's really hard to say what really attracts them. It's more structured, mm -hmm. and my program's pretty structured, um, and I try to keep it very consistent so they didn't know what's coming next. Um, you, you mentioned skills and math. How do you get students to understand that this is important for them going into the workforce? Well, that's a good question. Uh, as uh, Marissa said, we are involved with the IEC program, the pre-apprenticeship program, and I started teaching that curriculum this year. And I've noticed that there is a lot of math that's involved in the apprenticeship programs, whether you go through the IEC, IBW, or ABC, there's a lot of math. So I implemented at the beginning of the year, um, started implementing questions every day, two questions a day, every day that they have to get through to math. So even the students that were very uncomfortable with it, probably two thirds of them, once you said fractions, they like uh, stuck their head down to the desk. They didn't want to do them, but now you might have one or two that still are having problems, and then I work with them individually if I can. Um, but I keep doing it every day, and I think it gets them better at it. 
And if you that, would, yeah. if you would provide some examples or an example of some of those problems that uh, you well, put to them every day. Uh, measurements, uh, just adding um, half inch to three eighths, um, um, making decimals out of fractions, making fractions out of decimals. Um, there's a lot of different things that that's going to be uh, used in the field at some point. Now the students will kick back to you and say, oh, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to pull my phone out. Well, the, real, the, real, the reality of it is, is there's many, many jobs out there that you're not permitted to have your phone on site. So we're trying to teach them the skills that they have to pull a piece of paper out, that they have to do that. But do you use technology? Okay, maybe not phone, but let's face it, uh, uh, someone working in electrical contracting today probably has a lot more tools available to them than, say, my father did. They do, um, they do, but as I said, a lot of, there's quite a few contractors that you're forbidden to have your phone on your on your on yourself. It has to be kept in a locker or in your job box or whatever during the day. So we have to have the tool. You have to have the ability to be able to figure out and problem solve without having that that um, technology. So here's my rule in there: if you can do the math problem and you know the function and you can work through that problem and you can get through it to get to the answer without using Google, once you know that process. I'm okay with you using Google to get to that answer. Mm. But you better be able to show me the process. And I just want to point out, when you said problem solving, you're not just talking about mathematics. Absolutely not. You were talking about looking at yeah. a project and saying, what do we have to do here? Well, many of the electrical problems are people don't call you because they just want you to come in and uh, take a look at something that's working. They call you in because something's broke. And uh, we usually go in and have to figure out why it's not working. Uh, it could be somebody did something to the wiring. It could be something went malfunction could be a faulty whatever so you have to be able to figure out and be able to understand why it's doing what it's doing and when it's doing it um, without those abilities you will go out you'll be stuck and you don't want to cost people a lot of time because time is money when you're when you're paying the bill Brenda Scheidler you are a medical assistant instructor and I can't put a ranking on what jobs what careers are needed most but if we did rank them, the medical field, the healthcare field would be right up there at the top that uh, we know going through COVID, nurses, medical assistants, physician's assistants, all, they were in demand and they still are in demand. Tell me about that demand. Uh, well, the demand is, as you said, through COVID, uh, there was always a demand in healthcare for workers, but um, COVID has really magnified that demand and a lot of workers retired or just changed careers and left openings. I have employers talking to me saying we have positions open for six, nine months that were never open for that long of a period of time before. So um, our students going out with entry-level positions, a medical assistant certification, I have many students um, getting jobs, getting jobs starting before they graduate. We have several students starting in the next couple of weeks as medical assistants in a co-op position before they actually graduate. So. Um, the demand is there, and the openings are there, and the opportunities are great in healthcare. What skills 
do people need to get into the medical field? Okay, a uh, variety of skills. Uh, you Obviously, it is uh, somewhat of a more academic type program, so there is some of those academic skills, but people skills, just being able to listen to a person, to un, um, assess a person, to hear what's wrong with them, to communicate, um, to teach. We do a lot of teaching in healthcare, so those kind of interpersonal skills rank up there with the more technical skills also. Quickly, and I hate to ask you to do this quickly, but advice that you would give to a student ninth, 10th grade considering career options, and again, I have to ask quickly, Kelly. Don't be afraid. I mean, when I went to tech school, I changed career programs because I just I didn't like what I did initially. So one of the beauties of CTE is just because you're in one spot doesn't mean you're stuck there permanently. You have the opportunity for change and growth. Part of the beauty of CTE, too, is seeing what you don't like and then being able to adjust from there. Mm -hmm. Ryan, about 30 seconds. Do your homework. Look and see what, uh, look, not necessarily homework at school, <laughs> but do your homework on the career that you're looking for. Look what options you have. Look what pathways you have after you decide that career because there's other pathways. Brenda? Um, I just kind of echo a little bit what was said before. Don't be afraid to try something. Try what you're interested in. It doesn't hurt to find out that it's not for you or for you. I want to thank all three of you for being with us today. Brenda Scheidler is a medical assistant instructor at Dauphin County Technical School. Ryan Liddick, electrical construction maintenance instructor at Dauphin County Tech School. And Kelly Wilson, a welding instructor at York County Technical School. Thank all three of you for being with us today. Thank you. Today, the spark travels to the Dolphin County Technical School. On today's program, we've talked to employers, educators, and administrators. And lastly, I'm speaking with students at the Dolphin County Technical School about their unconventional fields of study, why they found a passion for it, and why and what they hope to become in the future. Joining me for this discussion is Isaiah Bruce, dental student at Dolphin County Technical School. Morgan Dame, medical student at Dolphin County Technical School. Wow, we have some popular folks here. <laughs> and Madison Smith, collision repair student at Dolphin County Technical School. And Kania Reeves, masonry student at Dolphin County Technical School. Well, I'm honored to be here with all of you today. As I can see, you are celebrities. Isaiah, Morgan, Madison, thank you. And Kania, thank you so much for joining me. So to start, could each of you share why you picked your area of study? Kania, can you start for us? Um, initially, when I came to DC Tech, I was planning on doing the nursing. It wasn't until we went through our freshman rotations where I learned that I had an interest in masonry. It was really just, I wanted something more hands-on, and it was me imagining myself in the future, like, is this what I want to do every day? Will I have fun in this job? So Morgan, why did you pick uh, Dolphin County Technical School? I also found my program through the rotation. When I first came here, I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do, but I knew there were so many options here that I would find something I was interested in. And medical assisting wasn't something that I had originally thought because I was pretty squeamish about the doctor's office. <laughs> so it was Same. really unsuspected, <laughs> unexpected. But, um, when we did the rotation, I just felt very called to it as a field because it's something that um, is going to be very rewarding, I feel. Um, so I chose it despite my fear because of just how called I felt. 
And you said you felt called to the field and you felt like it was something that it was, was going to be very rewarding for you. What did you mean by that? Particularly with helping people, um, I'm going to be able to interact with people and help them through challenging parts of their life. I feel like that's going to be fulfilling. And it's also so flexible with opportunities. I'll be able to go in whatever direction I want to. Madison, talk to me a little bit about your interests. Yes, yeah, so I grew up working on cars with my parents. My dad is big into cars. Um, I'm in the collision industry, and there's just so many paths and opportunities for us. Um, since I've always been hands-on, going through the freshman rotation, like they said, um, really interests me and all of the paths that we have in our industry. Morgan, tell me a little bit about your interest. Isaiah. Isaiah. Um, I came to this school, I wanted to come here for like CNT or web development, one of those computer shops, but then I went through the, the, the rotation and when I was in dental, when we were doing like the impressions and the appliances, it just really, it really spoke to me. All right, so talk to me a little bit, uh, Kania and Madison. Uh, both of you are in fields that are not uh, traditional for women. Talk to me a little bit about the thought process in going into those fields, and was there any sort of hesitancy there or any sort of obstacles that you had to come against with that in mind? Um, I was definitely very hesitant because I knew it wouldn't be a lot of girls in that shop specifically, but now coming, going through it, and experiencing it, it's really more of a mutual respect thing and just, we're just classmates or co-workers in the future and it's just, we help one another, we learn things off of each other. It, I feel like gender, it really didn't play that much of a role in my shop to me. I think there's definitely challenges in being a, in a male dominant tra um, trade. It's, you have to look at the challenges and outweigh everything. I mean, I have a goal and I look at my goal and the challenges just disappear. I mean, I get along with all of my shop mates and they respect me for who I am. Um, just because I'm a female doesn't make me less of a person or um, incapable of doing these. Um, so it was definitely nerve-wracking joining a male dominant um, trade, but like I said, as soon as I was in freshman rotation, I knew that this is the challenge I want to go to. So, Kania, can you talk to me a little bit about what you do uh, with masonry in particular? Okay, so a lot of people think masonry is just like bricks all day and just brick after brick, but it's really more of a creative aspect, aspect of it. I get to create projects that I'm interested in and I get to let those projects come to life and just seeing my work is very rewarding for me. Also, I get to learn new skills every day when I'm in the shop, things that I don't think I would do. I didn't think I would do when I joined Masonry. Yeah, on that note, you're constantly learning in the automotive industry. Um, cars are changing rapidly and you have to stay up to date on that. Um, in Collision, we learn everything from welding to painting. Um, and personally, my, my favorite is the refin refinishing aspect of it. Um, it's just, it allows me to be creative and 
have a vision of what I want my car to turn out. Yeah, you talked about how fast the car industry is changing. Yes. Where's your interest, you know, in cars? Are you interested in the new sort of technological advances, or are you more so interested in the classic sort of automobile? I definitely like classic cars. Um, a good thing about my industry and what I'm going down is we're always going to need these techs. Um, just because the technology is changing, we see electric cars versus diesel or gas-powered. Um, we still need body techs to fix those because we're always going to have accidents whether they're electric or gas. So being a um, body tech, we allow, like, we can fix those mistakes and um, just be creative. Morgan and Isaiah, I want to ask you, do you, do you see yourselves actually uh, taking this field into uh, the future and becoming a medical assistant and a dentist in the future? So for me, I'm interested in becoming a nurse. So what I'm learning here is going to help me so much because it's giving me the head start with the knowledge about anatomy and physiology and the skills that I'm going to use. It's very related. So I do see myself using what I learn. I can definitely see myself being going into the dental pro or dental field after high school because the school is really helping me to, you know, get to that point and I'll be a dental assistant out of high school, which could definitely help me grow into being a hygienist or maybe even just a dentist with scholarships and stuff that they might offer. Madison and Kania, do you also feel that you will uh, take this field into the future? Yes, in definitely. Okay. Um, after college, I plan on doing a little freelance work, and I want to get a degree in business administration so I could start my own masonry company in the future. Yeah, 100%. I'm working on going on co-op, and I just want to jump right into the industry. I'm so excited for what it holds for me. So Madison, how do you feel about the preparation um, and the skills that Dolphin County Technical School has given you? Do you um, feel prepared? I do feel prepared. We get a lot of our certifications, which already puts us ahead of most of the crowd that don't, doesn't have certifications or need trainings, because since we already have the training we need to enter this field, we're ready to go. I mean, I'm excited. And Kania, do you think that the Dolphin County Technical School is really adding to the diversity within the field and really encouraging the diversity within the field for non-traditional uh, roles? Yeah, um, definitely. I feel like everyone is encouraged to do whatever they choose to do, regardless of if you're a non-traditional student. If that's what you want to do, you should pursue it. And I feel like everyone else is understanding of that as well. Morgan, talk to me a little bit about your typical school day and how you find a balance with everything. I know you have about five hours uh, that's committed to your area of study, and then you have academics as well. So how do you balance all of that? I'm impressed. It can be hard sometimes um, with the program and academics. For me, I'm doing co-op, or I'm taking classes at Hack right now, um, so I do a lot of that on my academic days. So um, I have to kind of give myself the structure because the classes are on my own. Um, so it can be difficult. You just need to do planning and keep yourself on track. 
it helps for me to focus on my goal. So I'm going to be a nurse and, you know, I'm going to love it. So focusing on the future really helps. Madison, what kind of impact do you hope that you make um, on your industry in particular? Um, I really hope that girls out there who are nervous to join this industry see that it's not as bad as it seems. And it can actually be super rewarding. Um, some of my younger friends I teach, they, um, they're just, it's great that they look up to me and I'm glad I can show them and guide them through this too. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with all of you today. Thank you all so much. We've been speaking with Isaiah Bruce, dental student at Dolphin County Technical School, Morgan Dame, medical student at Dolphin County Technical School, Madison Smith, collision repair student at Dolphin County Technical School, and Kania Reeves, masonry student at Dolphin County Technical School. Thank you all so much again. Thank you. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Anaya Falcon.